Healing our broken hearts is more than just to make us feel better. It's really to restore our body, our mind, and our soul. So today, I just want to pose a question to you. I want you to look at where you are. And if you feel any of these things, if you feel overwhelmed, or if you feel irritable, if you feel sick to your stomach, or if you don't think that there's a way out, there is. And today, I talk about the reason why you need that way out, why restoration and renewal are your next step. Listen in. Hi friend, I am so excited that you're here to check out Her Restored Spirit podcast. If you've gone through something that has left you broken spirited, maybe it's a divorce, loss of a spouse, or even a child, loss of a job, whatever it is, I know there is restoration in your future. I'm a widowed mom, and I remember what it feels like to emerge from the fog to discover that my loss is not the center of my story, but it actually instilled in me a new hope a new understanding of faith, and a new strengthening in my heart, soul, and motherhood. I have finally understood that God has taken my test and formed it into my testimony, and that's why I'm here with you. I want you to step into your purpose, into a newfound joy, and to turn a new page in your book, because I believe you are on the brink of full restoration, unlocking a confidence that you didn't know was inside you, and understanding how to live more fruitfully with purpose, joy, and permission to be washed in possibility. It's time, friend, to reclaim your restored spirit. I need you to know something. I need you to know that you are worthy to have a restored spirit. That not only are you worthy to have it, but it's necessary and it's important. And it's all those words that mean it's urgent for you And it should be a priority for you to restore your spirit, to restore your heart, and to start to heal. And I want to just, I know I mentioned it multiple times, that you can hold on to the past and grab onto the future. Healing does not mean forgetting. Healing does not mean that you put put that life aside and it doesn't mean anything to you. But I wanted today to talk a little bit about what not healing does to you. And then just talk about the the power of restoration, the power and the pathway to restoring your life. And just give you some reasons why it's worth it, even if you don't think you're ready. So some of the things that happen when you go through a trauma, and this could be really anything, anything that you are grieving. And you can feel like emotionally stuck. You can feel overwhelmed, easily stressed. There's bitterness and numbness. Um, it's hard to, to show joy or experience joy. There's some kind of disconnect or detachment. You can kind of detach from your own life and from your own kids and actually just be a bystander in your life where kind of life is happening to you and you are walking around it, you're, but you're not actually going through the, the experiences that are around you, that your life is directing you through. There's also when you become so preoccupied by the things that you've, you've went through, that that is all that you can focus on. That's the only thing you can talk about. That's the only thing that you surround yourself with. And these 
too much of a good thing is not even a good thing. So too much of a bad thing, too much of this trauma, it doesn't give your heart or your mind time to heal. And so you become stressed and overwhelmed. You have increased irritability, but it's not just the emotional toll it's taking on your body. There's also a very physical toll it's taking. And this is actually could be detrimental. This could be life shortening for you. It's definitely going to cause health problems if this intense grief stays with you, this intense trauma. And so I just wanted to talk about some of those things today. And then I wanted just to share with you why, why restoration is the path that you should go on and why restoration and confidence go hand in hand and why I think they're so important to focus on. And so I know that we joke about people, or not really joke, but we talk about people who've died of a broken heart. And broken heart syndrome is a real thing. And and the idea is that with grief, everyone experiences some broken heart syndrome, but it's not supposed to last forever. It's not supposed to be so deep that it has lasting effects on our bodies. And some of these effects could be disruptions to heartbeats. So backup fluids in our lungs, it actually can have fill our lungs with fluid. And then also heart failure, if it, it goes unchecked, if you experience it for extended periods of time. And I will tell you, if you have any of these, please go see a doctor. Please go talk to your physician and get this checked out because these are not just symptoms of normal grief. This is complicated grief and you should have that you should, you should talk to your doctor about that and start to treat, treat it properly. But along with that, you know, the other heart problems is irregular heartbeats and just a weakened heart because of just the, the deep sorrow. There's also, you have a lowered immunity. In 2014, there was a study done um, that showed that especially people who lost spouses could not maintain a stress hormone balance, meaning their stress hormones were out of control. They couldn't bring it back to a level that their bodies can manage, which led to the decreased production of certain white blood cells, which left people prone to infections. So we're not only talking about just emotional, but we're now we're talking about real infections as well and diseases, cancer. We're talking about really hurting the body. And then there's the body aches and pains, your joint stiffness, your because you're holding your body so tight. Now, I've mentioned before the book, The Body Keeps Score, and it goes directly into this. And maybe one day we'll have to do a, a, like a book club on this book because it really is phenomenal. But we have to understand that a lot of our aches and pains could be grief-related as well. And if we start to heal from our grief, start to work through it, understand what your body is needing during grief, then, then you're able to start healing and releasing and realizing that your body isn't meant to stay in this high stress tension for long. Then there's also digestive issues. And I'm not talking just about the appetite changes, the those who can't eat, those who overeat, those who can't hold anything down. Just in general, the our digestive 
issues with when we stress out, our body does not work properly. These stress hormones do a number on our body. And so now all of a sudden we're not digesting properly. So our bodily functions do not work as intended, which causes issues like we don't process foods like we should. We don't get the nutrients. We don't have fuel for our body. And then there's also the the sleep problems. Some people sleep too much. Some people don't sleep en- enough. Some people constantly are waking up. And the fatigue. Now, I could do a whole nother episode on what fatigue can do to your bodies and why you're, you need to force your teenager and your kids to sleep and not stay on video games. But I won't today because that's a whole nother thing. But just understand that your body heals when you're sleeping. Sleep is so vital and it's not something that we should try to limit as much as possible. Like get to the point where our bodies only need 4.3 hours of sleep a night and I get that and I'm at peak performance and it's like, are you though? Are you really taking care of your body? Because when you're sleeping is when your your mind renews. It is when your body heals. It's when your strength happens. It's when you grow. It's when you really just reset. And so if you're having a lot of sleep issues, which also causes irritability and feeling overwhelmed and easily stressed. So all of these just start compounding on each other. And then you have these unhealthy coping mechanisms and coping skills like drinking or smoking or over-exercising or under-exercising. There's just, um, you know, eating and so many different things that we use to soothe our bodies temporarily. And so with all of these, if you are experiencing any of these and you want to change and you want, you want to get back to a place where you can really live again, you want to just stop surviving and you want to start thriving. And even if it may seem that it's not possible right now, even it may seem like it's far off, you can do little steps right now. And so I just want to encourage you that this is not a way to live. All those things that I described are terrible. Who wants to be around someone who is irritable all the time? I get irritated when I'm irritated at myself. Like I just don't want to be around me if I'm irritated. Um, I don't, I know, I have friends who are numb and talking to them is brutal. Just, I know that they need help and it's shared experiences and shared excitement and even shared sadness. But when they're numb and can't feel anything, then that's just a coping skill that's gone wrong too. That is something that's not serving their body well. And so what can you do? What is the path that you take? The path is towards renewal. This is where the brain just takes the time to start to change the mindset, to go from the fixed mindset to the growth mindset. This is when you release those, the burdens. This path of renewal is where you start to come alive, where you stop floating through life without a direction, where you step into strength, where you, I, where you identify your fear and indecision and realize that that doesn't have to control you. So you don't have to be overwhelmed and 
part of healing is learning how to manage overwhelm. And that's, again, a whole nother conversation. But right now, I just want you to start to to understand why you need this, why restoration is your next step, and why it's not worth waiting. You can't afford to wait any longer. You, You have family members. You have friends. You have people who are counting on you, people who love you. And so if you're not ready to do it for yourself, start doing it for your children. And then you'll see that it's really for you and that it benefits everyone around you. And sometimes we have to ask ourselves, are we afraid of who we will be or what we'll have if we release the suffering? If we don't have the suffering, then what do we have? And that's a question that I had to answer for myself. That's a question that as I was realizing that part of staying in the suffering was also keeping that closeness with God that I did not want to lose. That relationship, that walk with the Lord that was so precious that I can depend on him for everything. But then I realized that the suffering is actually the the block as well from our relationship. I can still keep that closeness. I can still keep that journey that I'm on with Christ, but I don't have to hold on to the suffering in order to feel it. Now that, I don't think I've ever felt closer to God that's first few months after the accident. Just the feeling that he was there, just the experiencing the blessings around, and many of those blessings I did not see until a year later. I, while you're in it, it is hard to look up over the circumstance. But if you walk with him, he will show you he's there. And so you don't have to be afraid that you won't have him if you release that suffering. Because again, he will strengthen you and support you. And he wants to heal you and restore you. And he's not going to do that and then be like, okay, you're good. See you later. Peace out. Like you don't need me anymore. No, it actually brings you so close to him. If you let it, that you will never walk away from him again and feel the same. So don't be afraid to claim that. And I want you to ask yourself, so are you afraid of who you will be or what you will have if you release the suffering? Who are you if you are not the grieving widow? Once you become a widow, you never lose that. You'll always have that as part of you, which some people embrace that and some people don't. That's You get to choose what that meaning is, but that's always part of your story, but it's not your whole story. So now let's talk about restoration. Let's talk about what happens when you come alive and how you can use what you've been through to become more beautiful, stronger, more confident. You can have a life that's worthy of your loved one. And I know that's important to me is to to raise my kids in the way that my husband and I always wanted. But I do that now 
because I, because of the gift he gave me of my kids and because I do want to make him proud and I do want them to have part of him in their lives, but I do it because I want it. I do it because they deserve to have a whole life. And I believe that they are actually going to be deeper adults because of the pain that they walked through early on. If they've embraced it, if they do their work healing, because there's some that, you know, we cannot, as moms, we can't fix things. We can't heal them either. And as they go on their grief journey, they can start to restore. But who do you think they're going to look to? Who do you think that they're going to get their cues from? And if you don't take care of yourself and your body, then where's the, where's the evidence or where's the example that they should take care of theirs? So the power of restoration. Things that have been broken down and rebuilt. And you hear it in, in stories all over Hollywood that you're, you're broken down and then you get a resolve and you come back stronger. And you rebuild, you have a new outlook, you have a new drive, you have a new purpose. You take what you've been through and allow it to propel you forward instead of keeping you stuck. That is the power of restoration. It's not about just healing and staying where you are and just coming to a place of acceptance. Sure, we all need to be at that place, but we need to take it and we need to run with it. We need to have it, we need to have excitement in our life. We need to have joy. We need to have passion. We need to have all of the elements. We need to be able to feel sadness. And sometimes that numbness doesn't allow you to even feel sadness for other things. So the power of restoration builds you up and makes you stronger. It gives you the momentum to go on girls trips. It gives you the power to start a nonprofit. It gives you the power to raise your kids and give them a life that they can be proud of. You don't have to do something grand and overarching in order to have this power of restoration. Because really the one of the strongest things you can do is raise your kids well and decide that you're not going to allow grief to be the center of their world either. One of the stories, and I heard this several years ago um, in a sermon, and um, I grew up in Japan. I lived there when I was from like seven to like 10 and a half years old, and I love Japanese culture. And so I remember this, and then a friend reminded me of this recently, is the pro, they have a process in Japan that's called kitsugi. Now, I am very sorry um, if I'm butchering the name, but I know it means golden join joining or joinery. And it's basically you, they take broken pottery and they join it together. They rebuild it and they make it stronger with gold. So they put it together and instead of using glue, they use gold. And then all of a sudden, what you have at the end is a beautiful broken pot 
that has been put back together is more interesting, has more life to it, has more stories, and it's more precious than it was before the gold was added. And so think of your journey, think of your trials, think of your hardships. That's your broken pot. Your healing is the gold that's going to make your circumstances so much stronger and more beautiful. And it does take time. I mean, could you imagine just the the potter sitting there piece by piece and adding gold to it? You can't just throw it together. This is not a day process. It is long and it is arduous, but it's worth it because when you are done by the end of your life and you slowly rebuild this amazing pot, this amazing bowl, pitcher, whatever you want, you don't even have to put it in a bowl. You can make it abstract, but you get to decide how it goes together. You get to decide the medium that you're going to use. Are you going to use Silly Putty? Are you going to use something that is temporary to try to tape it with scotch tape? I mean, at least use some Gorilla Glue or some, you know, duct tape. But why would you choose that when you can choose gold? When you can take it and piece by piece create something new, something stronger, something more valuable, something that people can see and think, wow, she really made something out of her life. And you don't do it for other people. You don't do it for those accolades. You do it so you can be proud of you and so that it inspires others to do the same for themselves. You do it so your kids can see, oh, this is really hard, but mom has been working on this for a long time, so it must be worth it. Oh, I see what she did there. I see that she had to heal. She had to become a hermit or go into herself for a little while. But then she emerged as a phoenix. She emerged beautiful. She, She emerged with a purpose that is beyond herself. And I know that life is hard, but because my mom can do it and because she did it and she showed me the way, I can do it too. In 1 Peter... It says, what a God we have and how fortunate we are to have him. This father of our master, Jesus, because Jesus was raised from the dead. We've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. The day is coming that will have it all a life healed and whole. I know how great this makes you feel, even though you have been put through every kind of aggravation in the meantime. Pure gold put in the fire comes out out of it proven pure. Genuine faith put through the suffering comes out proved genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up, it's your faith, not your gold, that God have on display as evidence of his victory. That was 1 Peter 1, 3 through 7. And that just reminds me, and I hope it reminds you or encourages you, that you can have a beautiful future right now. That today is not our end goal. This is not where we're supposed to stay. We have a future that's beautiful. And our future includes heaven. But the future starts now. God is keeping a careful watch over us and the future. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. It's, but it's because of the things that we've been through. 
It's because we've been proven over and over by the fires that we've been put through, through the hardships, through the suffering, through all of the things that we go through in life. That is how we really embrace and we can be proved faithful and genuine. We know that our faith is not just based on what other people say. Our faith is based on our experiences and what we've lived through. We don't have to worry that our faith and our salvation is on a, you know, something that will crumble because we've been tested and we've been proven, proven pure. Now, this path of restoration is crucial. It is so important that you choose for yourself to do it. No one can walk through the restoration for you. And restoration and then the confidence. And there is a path that you have to take. And there's a path that you cannot take shortcuts. You can't rush to the the end and surpass the whole healing process and then expect the healing to last. You have to actually go through the restoration process, the hard, the ugly, the tears, the laughter, and start to experience every emotion. And it looks different for each person. That's why I can't tell you like, oh, this is the path you have to take. No, but it does kind of work similar for everyone. We go through the ups and downs, maybe not in the same order, but we all go through a healing process. And when it's intentional, when we decide that we're going to go, we're going to start working on a new outlet, a, a new drive, a new resolve, we're going to do the hard part of restoring our spirit, not just bulldozing through it and getting to the other side. We actually, that's the process of adding the gold. And that's the process of piecing things back together. Again, in any form you want, you don't have to make a bowl if you don't want to. You may have a bowl at first, but you can come and be a vase instead. But you get to choose. And it's the process that makes it proven. It's the process that that we can continue to build upon. It's the process that everyone has to go through. We all have to go through life. So why don't you choose to restore and heal your heart instead of just allowing it to stay broken, instead of allowing things to just happen to you? Take control, take a stand. And even though we still can't control the the things that are going to happen to us in the future, we can choose right now how we're going to be, how we're going to respond to them. Are we going to be preemptively healing? Are we going to be preemptive about, you know what, I'm not going to go into the deep despair again. Even if things are hard, I've got this. So you have to ask yourself again, the same question that I asked earlier. Are you afraid of who you will be or what you will have if you release the suffering? Are you afraid to, well, what am, who am I going to be? What am I going to do if I don't have this trial, if I don't feel all the feels from the trial? You're not controlled by the trial anymore. You're not controlled by the circumstance, by the hardship, by losing your spouse, by losing your relationship. You're controlled by the choices you make. So let's choose to restore. Let's choose to start the path of renewal. And the first step is just to 
decide that it's time. And friend, it is so worth it. I don't know if you can hear my kids playing. They all of a sudden decided to just be really loud. And, but that's also part of the healing process is now I'm going to wrap this up and then I'm just going to go, I will deal with the rest of this podcast later and I'm going to go play with them. I'm going to go and ride the scooter and I'm going to laugh just to enjoy being around them because that's what life is about. And I hope you choose that too. Hey friend, I hope you loved today's episode. I hope you start to claim the confidence to walk in a judgment-free zone as you continue this healing journey. Now I want to invite you to look into working with me. I'm a full-time restoration and confidence coach with a background in marriage and family therapy. And not only that, but friend, I've walked it. As you heard in my story, I've experienced grief, loss, pain, feeling stuck. I've had the desire to break free from the fog and rise up again after the hurt, after the pain, and move out of the grief cycle to begin to wake up with purpose again and live a life of meaning and kind of rediscover who I was before the grief while I was uncovering who I'm becoming. And I have been called to help you with the same thing. So if you feel you're ready to step back into the light, wash away the old, not forgetting the past, but stepping into a new position of purpose, confidence, and identity, I would love to be your coach and mentor through the process. I only take a few clients each month and would love to get you on the calendar to help you navigate this journey. Email me at Tammy at TammyMarieCoaching.com. Until then, I'll meet you here next week with another awesome topic to help you claim the life that you desire. Don't forget to take a screenshot, tag me, share on Facebook and Instagram, and please share this with another broken-spirited mom who is in need of some soul restoration. Don't forget to rate and review. And until next time, take a deep breath and know there is hope. Bye, friend.